Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Great to be with you today at this episode of Disruptive CEO Nation. Hey, this episode is for everyone who has a company where visual imagery is important, whether it's in product design, whether it's in the images on your website. You know, we all know an image is worth a thousand words, but what if you could harness AI to dramatically place facts behind the images that you choose and improve your customer conversion based on that visual appeal. Well, we have a company founder and a CEO who is going to tell you how you can achieve this. So I am so excited to welcome to the program, Johan. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Allison. I'm really excited to be here. Okay, so this is where my guests tell the world who they are and what it is that you do today. So hi, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, my name is Jahan Hamidi. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of Visit. Um, Visit is, is, a, is a really exciting company. We're, we're, it's the first time in my, my career that uh, I, can, I can really say that I'm, I'm a part of something truly revolutionary. And I'm working with some of the most talented people that I've ever met. And what Visit is, is we are the first in the world visual intelligence company. We use artificial intelligence to measure and analyze the effectiveness of visual content and designs for all types of marketing communications and product concepts. I always encourage my listeners uh, to help give you some framework. If you're at a place where you can look up the company, it's visit, V-I-Z-I-T. And so let's talk about um, how this works because I know your website says that using the AI, Um, For some of your clients, you're able to demonstrate results that are like increasing sales by 32% or the conversions by 28%. I mean, those are very specific, detailed data points. Um, So tell us, a, a company comes to you with their problem. Tell us how you approach it and what you do for them. Everybody, you know, and, and Allison, I really loved your, your introduction on, on just visuals. And, and that's really where our story starts. So um, we typically partner with um, large consumer brands, consumer packaged goods, um, and companies whose, whose ultimately their, their brand, their product, every single experience that their consumers uh, interact with has a visual component to it visual experiences from the digital shelf to the packaging and the product itself is a visual. You know, P&G made that statement, you know, years and years ago that, that the, um, the first moment of, uh, about the first moment of truth. Well, in, in our world, the first moment of truth can actually be captured in an image. So what if you could analyze that? Um, you could get some incredible insight on how um, you show up in the world and how you're perceived by different groups of people. So what Visit does, the way in which we work with, with our, our customers and our partners, is we first want to understand where, uh, where are their kind of communications um, uh, kind of most, most visually charged and visually driven. And we typically start with the digital shelf because in the, in the world that we're in today, you know, so much of commerce and transactions are visually driven. 
so many different types of experiences kind of rely on that split second first impression mm -hmm. um, where images are, are actually the gateway to consideration. So if you think about that, um, the visuals that you put on a product page and in a carousel, for example, on Amazon um, are going to have a material impact on your success. So our, we, we found that when we speak to some of our customers, they know that they need to have their products listed on Amazon. They need to have high reviews. They need to have content there, but they don't have any measurement on the content whatsoever. There hasn't been a way to like, you know, understand the DNA of a visual and how that representation um, is um, uh, preferred or less preferred by a target audience. So we'll begin, um, you know, our relationships with audits. We'll help our, under, or help our customers understand how effective their current designs and image-based content is at driving conversion because it is just a complete blind spot today. Even the biggest companies in the world um, that you could think of um, can get outflanked by more effective imagery uh, that's being put out by their competitors. And we give them the means and the method to be able to um, measure and optimize. Well, and I think it's so even more relevant to the up and coming uh, purchasing power of the next generations. Um, because I, I think, you know, even when it comes to like employee recruitment, recruitment uh, you know, people give like three seconds to the website to judge the quality of, of what they see. And, and I think the same so much so in, in visuals and, and package design. So they come to you and, and you, you do this audit for them. Um, and then what comes next? So uh, what, what visits bread and butter is, is, is we've developed a very, very powerful um, and patented technology can simulate consumer audience and their preferences for imagery. We call wow. them audience lenses. So an audience lens literally gives you the power to see through the eyes of your target audience. You could imagine just being able to put on goggles and see the world through a millennial female or somebody who is interested in camping, um, a mother of two, dog owners, fashionistas, <laughs> what have you. It's this incredible, powerful technology. And so what we'll do is we'll work with our customers to understand who are your target audiences. Let's understand the profile of the consumers. And oftentimes, some of the largest companies that we work with have many different profiles. They have many profiles across multiple markets. And then it becomes a really, really interesting exercise to understand where is your current content hitting? You probably don't know. Most people don't know. And so what we'll do is we'll use the system to kind of provide these diagnostics. And then what's very powerful and why AI is, is a critical component in, in this new category of software that we've created called visual brand performance uh, is that when you think about these brands, they're creating then hundreds, if not thousands of new images every year. Pack designs, they're in-store, they're digital, they're social, they're e-com content. What you can now do is ensure that all the content you're creating before you put it into market through our software is calibrated to your target audience. So you could think about it like imagine you had a focus group that was completely virtualized of all of your consumers and it was in the room with you all day long. What kind of questions would you ask <laughs> it? I would have it run my whole business. You know, it's, it's that powerful. So the, the short answer to your question, Allison, is is after we kind of run diagnostics and understand um, kind of opportunities for improvement, you know, new sources of 
kind of selling advantage through a visual uh, through visual content. Uh, we'll give our our customers access to a software that enables them to instantly, in real time, analyze and measure any new content that they're creating. Look in their content libraries that have existing content for assets that could work extremely effectively, but are just collecting digital dust and nobody knows about them. We find that that's a problem that many, many companies suffer when they, they've got this historical archive and a dam that they're paying for every month. And it's really great with government yeah. and permissioning, but you have some gems in there that nobody knows about. So let's find them and activate them. Very interesting. I, I want to come back to, because I, I do find um, the AI very compelling, but let's take a step back on your personal history and what was the, you know, the impetus to actually say, we've got this great company idea. So can you tell us what the lead-in was to founding Visit? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have a, an interesting background. I've, I've spent the last decade um, working in a, in a field that's, that's called co- uh, computational social science. And that's really a fancy way of saying uh, analyzing online consumer behavior. And so it's a mix of social network science and analytics, um, algorithmic content analysis, basically understanding what moves different types of people and populations to act um, on the web. And uh, I was fortunate um, to, uh, to work at, a, an, at an exciting company um, that was founded out of, um, uh, out of Harvard University um, that has since been acquired. Um, but uh, we were in a, in a really, really fortunate uh, position to uh, kind of be one of the early movers in, in analyzing uh, public consumer um, excuse me, public social media data as a means to understand kind of the, uh, the consumer pulse, you know, the, the voice of the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you think about, you know, any, any new product that's launched or, or um, you know, a, an event uh, like, like the Super Bowl, it stimulates an online conversation. People will comment and talk and share tweets and reply to each other's posts and there'll be news stories. And so if you think about any of these types of events, they create massive, massive, massive amounts of chatter. And an entire industry that I was fortunate enough to be a part of helped large brands and agencies and retailers and and technology companies analyze that data um, as a means of consumer research to understand how they could better serve their customers. You know, were people excited about the new movie trailer that Paramount Pictures put out? Do people want to buy the new LeBron James shoe? Um, If not, why not? (laughs) You know, how can we fix it? And so there was so much emphasis around text and the analysis of text. And, this, and, and my, so my background had uh, originated with AI applications on text. But the way that we've seen the world evolve, and you know, we think about kind of humans, we, we are all visual creatures. Visuals are, are, are a form of currency now. Visuals um, kind of impact everything that we do. Uh, people communicate in GIFs. They communicate in images. Yeah. And so we saw this enormous opportunity to look at similar types of data on the public web, uh, but focus on that visual aspect. And instead of reporting on, you know, happenings like uh, in the past, like how people reacted to something, what if you could predict what people wanted to see? That would get very, very exciting. Um, And so we kind of had this, you know, exciting, you know, breakthrough idea of, how could we study audiences, focus on their visual preferences, but instead of just reporting on them and looking at the past, which no marketers really want to do, we want to focus on the future 
and what's going to move the needle tomorrow and next quarter and next year. So what if we could build a predictive engine on top of that data? And the only way to do that is to build an AI system because imagery is actually one of the largest and most complex data sets in the entire world. And that's because if you think about the last time that you walked into a new office or a new retailer or you, you go to a new neighborhood, you're seeing new things and your brain is processing them and you're developing inherently these preferences for what you're seeing because your brain is relating them to other things. You know, I, I made this statement a couple of weeks ago that people don't read anymore, they recognize. <laughs> they don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, and it's true, you know, um, and, and so when you, when you think about um, what artificial intelligence uh, can do, um, that, that just, you know, traditional um, statistical approaches and, and frankly, um, humans can't do is, is associate all these different types of patterns um, and all these different types of stimulus and then start developing models to kind of learn the behavior and the preferences of particular groups of people. If you can do that, then you can create a way to literally see through their eyes and predict for if it's a new packaging design or if it's a new ad, how it will do in market before actually showing it to any real people, which is transformative. It, it absolutely is. And, and I'm, I'm trying to get my head around the technology and how you built the technology, because when you, when you go back and you talk about AI generated audiences, um, and I want to talk to you uh, about your tech team in a second, your, your, how you scaled your initial team, but I, I can't even get my head around the programming that it takes, because when you're talking about these AI generated audiences, you know, you're not just talking about 10 prototypes of typical people. I mean, it's, it's massive amounts of intelligence you have coded into your systems. How long did it take just to start building that, that coding before you were able to even, how long was that like pre-revenue and development phase for you? About three years. So it took us about three years to develop uh, the database. So any AI company that you talk to or any type of AI technology is only as good as its data. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've developed our own proprietary database of visual cues or visual triggers. Um, those are very subtle elements of imagery that influence online consumer behavior. And we have over a trillion of them indexed in our database. So we take that data set and we use that data, this really unique uniquely hydrated data set uh, to train our models that we've developed completely in-house. So it took a couple of years and our, our earliest uh, investors and backers, you know, they, they saw the forest through the trees, you know, <laughs> uh, but there are some folks that said, you know, I think this is science fiction. I don't think this is possible. And I said, well, we'll show you. I think it is. And, you know, it took some time, but just like with all, you know, all innovation, um, you know, you, you really get thrilled and excited when you can show it to a customer or prospective customer. And it doesn't even need to be like fully baked. You know, for our first couple of customers, we were delivering spreadsheets. And they said, you know what, that's totally cool because we just want the results. I want the results and the impact. Like I'll, I'll gladly, you know, compensate your team for those so that you can funnel that, that capital back into the development of your software platform so that I can ultimately get this instant test and learn type capability 
Um, but you know, that's really how we've kind of gone about it is, is trying to find and partner with the most innovative people, uh, at these big companies because AI is new. It's different. Um, it's very, very complicated. Even explaining how the system works, um, can take some time and a couple of meetings to answer your question, Allison. So the, the way that, the way that it works, uh, in the simplest way possible is, is we're analyzing interaction patterns with content is, uh, engaged with by a particular audience. So if I kind of create a profile of an extremely specific target consumer and most of, I mean, attitudinal, behavioral data, yes. shopping data, mm-hmm. demographics, interests, anything you could think of, that particular type of person lives somewhere on the internet. What is their zip, we call them digital zip codes. And that tells you where are they spending time? Where are they buying products from? Where are they consuming content? So once you develop this kind of profile, you can start to build a visual signature and get a read of their visual universe by studying all of the types of content that are publicly available and accessible where you're spending your time. I, you know, right before we started, you know, we had said that, um, or I had shared with you that I'm a Green Bay Packers fan and uh, I, I follow their, their games very, very frequently. So if, if ultimately um, Visit was to build an uh, audience lens of Jahan, I could bet you that it would be predisposed to some green and gold and the guy <laughs> with his name Rogers on the back of his uniform, <laughs> just based on the things that interest me. Um, because that's really, really what it's, what it's about um, is there's so much content that exists now and everybody's competing for screen time. Everybody's competing against Netflix. Um, so in that split second, um, when you have an opportunity to kind of entice and, and delight uh, a consumer, what are you saying to them? What is your image saying to them? And you'd be very surprised uh, about the differences and just subtle changes to imagery uh, that can motivate behavior in, in, a, in a material way. Well, and I think people from within a company, um, so Ben, you know, that chief executive overseeing a brand. And I think what also happens, though, is you you get a little brand blind. I don't know if you say it. Like we have our great brand identity guidelines and we have our great, you know, these are what our images should look like. And, mm-hmm. and you, you, but you do, it's sometimes it, it, it becomes a point of a surgeon doing surgery on themselves, right? You can within your own organization become brand blind. And I think you're right that, um, you know, we make a lot of subjective decisions about what we put out there. And that's what I love. And I, and I do love, I've, I've actually had the, the pleasure of speaking with a lot of people who are doing cutting edge things in natural language understanding um, and all sorts of different facets, both in MarTech, both in um, going through internal company documents, you know, so many different ways. But this idea, like you said, is we're, we're actual visual creatures. I, I see this as being so relevant. I, I have so many questions for you, and I'm, I'm very aware of our time. So I want to come back to, um, you know, in terms of a public launch, uh, it's a very, fairly young company, 2019. And how did you go about as the company founder um, bringing on those first key players and building your team? Can you tell us just a little bit about that process? Sure. So, um, you know, the, the thing about, about hiring a, t- uh, a team and, and, and really about, about any early stage startup, any, any founder that you've ever talked to or any investor in an early stage company, um, the thing that, that, you know, they always, you know, say over and over and over again is team, team, team. 
because your product's going to change, the market's going to change, the tech's going to change, it'll evolve. You know, you might, your, your customers might change, they might leave the market. So who, who's in the trenches with you is, is really, really important. Uh, so I was really fortunate um, to, uh, to, to work with um, uh, many of my colleagues uh, or several of my colleagues from my previous job. So uh, Eli Orkin um, was one of the first members of the team. Uh, he leads marketing for us now, but for its time, he, he had about three or four or six different jobs. And he's one of the most brilliant people you'll ever meet. Um, he had, you know, he's, he's worked with the, the Nikes of the world and, and just some of the, the biggest brands. And um, he's incredible. Um, Zach Halloran, our VP of engineering, uh, is somebody that I met through the BU community. Um, I'm a BU alumnus. I live here in, in Boston. And um, uh, one of, if not the smartest person on the team, um, is a wonderful woman. And her name is Elham Sarai. And Elham is our director of AI research. Uh, she is uh, the big brains behind the core uh, technology that that we've invented as a company, and um, we met Elham also through through Boston University. She was completing her PhD um, in um, computer vision uh, and AI, and you know we had we had gotten to talking, and uh, you know we found this this really cool alignment uh, with some of her her research interests and. You know, the, the team that we were assembling from a, a data perspective and an engineering perspective and Eli's perspective, it all just kind of started to mesh. And we found that, you know, we all had, you know, and, and have this drive to just create something new and different and disruptive. And that can be really scary for a lot of companies, particularly when, you know, it could be four or five people in a room in an incubator and you say, <laughs> hey, you know. Uh, we gotta, you know, we gotta hit payroll in in, the, in a couple of months, like or a couple of weeks, you know, like uh, in the earliest days. And um, you know, just having that kind of passion and, and the ability to thrive in uncertainty um, is really, really important. And and I just named a few folks. I mean, our entire team is 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 brilliant. And I, I could spend another forty five minutes telling you about about all of them. Um, but you know, the way to go about it, um, if you're, if you're hiring a, a team is, is, you know, people, and I've found, uh, and I actually got this advice from, uh, from my father, you know, the, the easiest problems in the world, there, there's a lot of competition for, um, for, from a product perspective, you know, like it's the, the, the companies that, um, can attract the most talent and, um, some of the companies that, that are ultimately going to be smashing successes start with the hardest problems solve the hardest problems first. And so when you look to hire a team, we look to secure investors, you know, how, how can you demonstrate that your team are problem solvers, that you have experience in the relevant space mm-hmm. um, and that you've identified target markets or even individual customers or better yet, you already have early customers, even if they're not paying you, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's somebody in the industry that can give you some feedback on, on, um, on what you're working on. And I could tell you if I, I re, you know, if I could replay that first pitch <laughs> that we gave uh, to a very large company uh, again, like I would have done it so differently now, uh, but they understood like the essence of what we were trying to do. And that was all we needed to have a shot on goal to develop, uh, you know, a concept for them. So. So I have a question that might be a little bit different. Um, I hope that's different than some that you've been asked, but <laughs> you know, we go to the, what your, your website and you know, clearly, I think one of the challenges is is a lot of this tech, this really great AI tech that's coming out is affordable for the big brands, for the big guys on the block. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the small guys to be 
pushed out. But more than anything, I always worry about the place for nonprofits in the future and how they can, you know, because non nonprofits notoriously don't spend money on infrastructure and tech, but yet they need to, to compete, like you said, for people's attention. What is it that somebody that's a nonprofit or, or, a, or a smaller organization who can't go all in on your services, what are kind of some of those inherent tips or things that maybe you could tell them that you've learned? Um, because a lot of my audience are, are still in that startup scale-up phase. Um, so what are some things that, that maybe you can, wisdom, you can give them about their visual approach right now? Sure. Well, if it's a nonprofit, I'd love to talk to you. Um, love to find a way to see how we can help. Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, images are so powerful. Um, and, and, uh, just the messages and, and things that you put forth. Um, like, like you said, it builds the community and it, and it, it, it kind of, uh, just accelerates so many things. So we, we'd love the opportunity to help in any way we can. As it relates to small businesses and, um, you know, other kind of general visual marketing tips, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd start with your audience. You know, I think that's a big, a big mistake that a lot of companies make. The biggest companies make is a point that you made, Allison, where they're, they ha- kind of have, they're in the ivory tower of the brand and saying, this is our image. This is what I think my customers want to see. And I'm going to just push it forward, 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 forward. Um, but I'm not going to actually think that I'm not the customer. They are. Put yourself in their shoes. Interview them. Ask them questions. Show them different concepts. How would you react to this? Would you share this with one of your customers uh, or one of your friends who, who also works in the space? Um, it's baffling uh, that you know so many brands can just have that very narrow-minded view. Um, that you know you you got a brand manager of one of the biggest companies in the world saying, "Oh, I know what millennials want." Like, you're, <laughs> you're in your 50s. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just turned 31 and I, you know, I'm, I think I'm on my way out. You know? I don't know. So. I, I live with a 14 year old and a 17 year old. So they always tell me I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, it, it, it's the, the, a really important thing for, for marketers and, and particularly marketers that have, have very lean, um, lean budgets and, and, and fast timelines um, is don't focus on investing in creating works of art. Focus on creating art that works. That means assets, designs, images that motivate your target, um, your target customers. Um, AI can be an incredible accelerant in that process and give you some incredible detail. Um, but you can just you can move mountains by just talking to more of your customers. Um, I bet we could have shipped our product even earlier if we had even more customer interviews because the more people that you talk to, you just you learn more. Um, and you start to just kind of unpack, um, you know, different types of preferences and, and in areas where um, it might be something so small um, in your mind, but it completely changes your image to them or your proposition. Um, and uh, yeah, so you don't, you don't need to use, use a company like Visit to predict how Chinese millennial consumers are going to react to some new beverage, uh, which we did, uh, which was really cool. <laughs> but uh, that's on probably the opposite end of the spectrum. Sounds like you guys are probably, I'm just imagining like little gambling addicts in, in the back, like your team going, okay, here's what our AI says. Let's wait for those results to roll in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's a, 
you know, it, it's the, one of the things that really keeps us, keeps us going and keeps us excited is, is when we hear back from our customers, these, these success stories, um, you know, because one of the, one of the first, actually, so I've got one story. This was an interesting lesson learned. Um, so we, you know, as, as we kind of developed this, this technology that could, could, could measure and, and, and predict the effectiveness of any type of image, you know, the question became, well, where do you focus this? Um, what types of images? There's so many, you know, real estate and, uh, you know, Airbnb, you know, you're, you're buying and staying based on what, you know, the, your perception of, uh, you know, that particular apartment. Well, we, I had mentioned that, we, you know, we focused on CPG and, and um, particularly food and beverage has been a, a really, really great um, category for us. Um, but when we were uh, raising our, our, our first uh, kind of angel round of capital, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, the investors had, had shared was, all right, well, we got to just, I'm sure you've heard this, like, got to get the case studies. Let's get some case studies. You know, case yeah. studies provide the referenceability. And, you know, the best case studies can kind of show that before and after type metrics. Um, and so when, when we went to market, you know, we found um, that one of the burning needs um, for these large uh, consumer packaged goods companies uh, was around pack design. So if you've ever designed a new package, it, it can be extremely expensive, thousands of dollars to test a single cell, a single image against a single audience in a single market. But if you think about all the different iterations and concepts and stage gates that went into the development of that concept that didn't have any research, if you could insert AI to help accelerate that process and bring your best work forward, it would change the game. So we found that as a really exciting um, opportunity uh, that our customers taught us about. I didn't have any background in packaging design. I, I told you I look at pictures for a living <laughs> and, and I've been studying you know, online consumer behavior. Um, and so some of our first case studies that we did as a company uh, were focused on analyzing and informing uh, new pack designs. But what I didn't fully appreciate at the time, uh, and again, this is when you know, you're kind of that bootstrap company, is that well, while we delivered our result and the customer was very excited about it, that pack still needed to go through manufacturing. <laughs> and then it's another several months until it gets to market and then even more time in market to validate that the new brand refresh actually was more effective for the target audience than the previous year. So we're finding that some of our earliest case studies are coming to fruit now. <laughs> and they're hitting like, hey, we had 50% sales lift. That was incredible. We said, hey, that's so great. You know, um, but uh, anyway, it was just kind of a funny lesson learned. And, and we've, um, as a result, uh, you know, we've tended to do a lot of work uh, within e-commerce uh, where there's a much kind of faster um, turnaround time uh, and kind of ways to proof point the tech. Uh, but packaging still for just from a cost and a time and an efficiency perspective has been a, just a wonderful application for our, uh, for our product. Well, you've been a, a wonderful guest. We've gone beyond our time, but I don't want to close without asking you a, a question I typically ask my guest. And that's, if we come back and speak to you in three to five years, what's the story for Visit? What do you hope that you've achieved? Have you expanded your global footprint? What, what is it that you're aspiring to, to get to? <laughs> well, um, I, hope, I hope that we'd have the opportunity to expand our global footprint. Um, but uh, we as a team, I mean, we envision a world where every single piece of content uh, or product concept that's created at the point of creation will be visited. You'll get insight, instant point of view 
from the view uh, of your target audience and you'll be able to understand and, and see through the eyes of your audience in everything that you do. Um, so that, that's really our goal. Um, we really want to, to partner with companies of all sizes. Um, we've started with enterprise and large companies and CPG, uh, but uh, imagery is, is, is really the, um, I mean, it, it, can, it really unites all of our cultures. It's the language, uh, it's the language of, uh, of the world. And so we see just an incredible opportunity with visual communication more broadly um, and in helping uh, people create um, any brand, whether that's, that's a brand like Coca-Cola or for it's Allison Summers brand, you know, create the visual identity that projects the image that you want to project to the audiences that you want to attract. That's what we want to build with Visit. Well, thank you so much. If people want to learn more, how can they get a hold of the company or reach out to you? Sure. So the best place to find us is um, we're on LinkedIn, um, but also our website, www.visit.com. And that's visit with a Z. Um, pretty easy to find. Uh, so just send us a chat, send us a, uh, send us a, a message and uh, we'll get back to you right away. Thank you so much for being a guest. If this story was one that you really enjoyed, please share it with somebody else that you think might need to hear it. And of course, as always, if you think there's a disruptive or innovative CEO that we should be speaking with, send me a note at connect at allisonksummers.com. Until then, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Thank you so much. Thank you, Allison. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.